Blog Talk Radio. power of your Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus Christ, that you would give us wisdom, counsel, peace, direction in these very complicated and confusing days. Lord God, days of fear and anxiety and days of uh, deception, perversions um, overwhelmed with the sin of these uh, of, the, of this nation and of our own uh, lives and families. Father, we pray that you'd give us peace and the revelation of Jesus Christ, that we can walk in a place of rejoicing, looking up, hastening to look for, desiring the day of the appearing of Jesus Christ. And these will be exciting days, days of fulfillment, days of uh, um, confirmation, days of your spirit moving and walking and living and abiding and directing our lives, Father. So we pray for divine protection. We pray for wisdom and counsel. We pray that we will speak as the oracles of God, we pray for our um, our time together, a conversation today, that it will be uh, enlightening, encouraging, and a blessing, Father God. We ask that the, the powers of darkness will be bound and held at bay until you, Lord God, your will, your way, your word, your truth will prevail in the hearts and lives of men and women, boys and girls, your people, Father, and that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame, trouble, or reproach. So I thank you, Lord, that you come now with that wisdom and counsel as we seek your 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 face in these matters. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning, honey. Good morning, good morning. Boy, we've got a lot of stuff stuff to talk about today, kind of like like normal, but we're, uh, we've got a guest that's going to be coming here in just a bit. Well, we hope so. Yes. But in the meantime, we've got plenty of things to talk about. What about all of this stuff that's coming on and happening? I would like to read a scripture that I just got this morning from the Lord. I, it's um, in the context of Jesus himself beginning his ministry. And uh, the title of this uh, message or these uh, this conversation today, hopefully, is uh, The Blood Moons, What's Next? Uh, what Comes After? What's what are we looking at? But in light of what Jesus was looking at in Matthew um, chapter 3, a verse um, 1 or 2, he actually said, um, well, starting with verse 1, In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. I really believe there's two people who are being featured here. One is, of course, G- John the Baptist, who, be- who is the prophet that heralded the coming of the first coming of Jesus Christ. Um, and that was indeed kind of Jesus' coming. It was really embedded in the culture and cloth of a, of a very normal, everyday world. People weren't looking for a Messiah particularly at that point in time. Maybe 10, 12, 20 people knew about it with some uh, Mary and Joseph and, you know, John and Elizabeth, but not really many people were alerted to this alarming event that was happening. And Jesus now at this point is ready to launch his ministry. And the first words out of his mouth is recorded here, it seems to be, um, John's message was reiterated by Jesus, or Jesus is by John. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was John's message, and Jesus kind of echoed that um, himself when he began his ministry. And John was like the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. What do you see, honey, about the wilderness of this day? What, what does it look like? What do we look specifically? What do we... Well, the wilderness is a wild place. It's a place of, uh, of, of desolation, a place of danger, and we've got uh, all kinds of doctrines, uh, false teachings, uh, false promises, false uh, and very deceptive 
things from everything from the world of entertainment to the political, economic world. Mm -hmm. It's at times of great deception, lies, undermine of the Word of God, uh, just uh, re religion, uh, forms of God without uh, you know, yeah. affirming the power mm -hmm. of so we have a wilderness. There are some people. There are people cry in the wilderness, say, prepare the way of the Lord. But that's really a minority uh, of, of people that we see. And, and But the call for us, too, you mentioned, Marjorie, about mm -hmm. the, uh, the call of John the Baptist, you know, prepare the way of the Lord, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus, as you we mentioned, Mm -hmm. kind of echo the same thing, the fulfillment of this. And then what Jesus said to his disciples uh, in Matthew chapter 10, verses 7 through 8, he says, as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm -hmm. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, right. This is the mandate. So So it's really the same message the kingdom of heaven, the, the rule of God, the rule of heaven, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in the hearts of men. Now, ultimately, there will be Jesus Christ is going to rule the universe. He's the master right. of the universe. Glory that, to that God. Every, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So mm -hmm. his kingdom will have no end, and the powers of hell will, have, will be crushed mm -hmm. and, and confined to the basically to the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. Right. But then in the meantime, we are called uh, to be uh, ambassadors of this of this kingdom, bringing in this kingdom mm -hmm. in the midst of the wilderness and the deception of this present evil world. Well, and I think the church is in such a great apostasy that she has totally lost her way. Uh, the, the general mainline, what we would think of as the church or Christians or Christianity, is basically lost its way. It's not speaking up against the sin, the iniquity. It hasn't done it for years, probably not since the, the great preachers of the Revolutionary War or the Civil War, those guys who brought some conviction. Well, you know, yeah, who brought conviction, the Puritans. They were maybe not all totally right. They were maybe harsh. Mm -hmm. They maybe had some hellfire, brimstone, black and white stuff going on, mm -hmm. but at least they had enough conviction to speak out against something. And nowadays, you know, we have every everything has just been under the radar, and, and I think, um, though this isn't necessarily a topic, it's it's really the problem is that the Christians, even now in the midst of blood moons and stars falling from heaven and Pacific Ocean dying and blah, 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 the church in apostasy is still, uh, what's the word, I would say deluded, deceived, yeah. uh, into thinking that somehow the kingdom now, they're going to, the uh, dominion theology, that they're somehow going to bring back the king through uh, the green gospel and social justice and being part of a one world, um, demonically uh, orchestrated one world church. Um, and so many people are caught in the, I think a lot of good people are caught in the dilemma of, do I stay with this church or do I come out from among them, be separate, uh, says the Lord, as he says in Second in Corinthians. But um, this confusion just just inundates the whole matter, just brings more conflict, mm -hmm. confusion, debate, well, and lot, silence. Right. A lot of people are, are very uninformed biblically, and, uh, and a lot of people don't even uh, consider biblical prophecy because there's, there's, they, they kind of looked at it, they hear all these different opinions from all these different people, and... Uh, they say, well, it's too confusing. One says this, one says mm -hmm. that, and and uh, and and so it's like uh, where it says, where is the promise of his coming? There are scoffers that are going to rise in the last day, saying, where is the promise of his coming? Because uh, you know there are so many that uh, they said, well, we've been hearing all this before. We've heard the people that have cried wolf, so to speak, and uh, nothing's happened. You know, yeah. said, well, he's supposed to come. People have uh, erroneously set dates. Right, okay, right. the Lord's going to come then. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen. And mm -hmm. so, yeah. so then the mood of the the world is like saying, well, just we'll just scoff and we mock. Yeah. And uh, well, exactly uh, because, because we've given them uh, 
a lot of wrong information. Well, isn't that what Peter talks about? Is the worst of verse he says about the scoffing and haven't they said since the beginning he's coming? And, and actually the very delay of it uh, creates a, a, a skepticism and an unbelief and a scoffing that causes even the the, the diligent and the persistent um, to lose heart. And in Second Peter, if you can find the scoffing verse, that'd be good, honey. Yep, okay. I, Second Peter chapter three verse twelve. I want to look at this one. Um, you know, it, even back in the days of the uh, like, for guy, example, a guy called his name was Increase Mather. He was talking about Second Peter chapter three in yeah, his he was sermon. One of the old preaches. Oh yeah, he was talking about this verse in twelve. He says, "Therefore, I'm reading Second um, Peter chapter three, verse eleven and and following. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, in other words, things are going to be um, destroyed by fire, and we'll read that in a minute. Uh, what matter of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God?" because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless and account that the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation, as also our beloved Paul, brother Paul according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. So he's saying, um, Increase Mather, pilgrim, Puritan preacher, is drawing the attention of the early settlers um, to this fact of looking, continuing to live in a godly conduct because of the day of reckoning, because of the day of fire and judgment, because and hastening, desiring that day to come. And yet nowadays, I, I think all but oblivious, well, we're oblivious and it's obliterated from the um, the thoughts, the, the lifestyle, the context, the choices that we make. We are so, people think about it, even if you maybe don't participate, think of those who do, just absolutely deceived, brainwashed, mesmerized. You know, I think of back in the days of um, communist China and Russia, communist Russia, where they had blaring constantly, daily, all the time on their on their loudspeakers and through their radio waves, the propaganda of communism, socialism, all the time, just just inundating the people's minds and hearts every day. They never got away from it. It was the drone, the constant control. They were programmed by these um, ide- ideas and ideologies. And that's really what's happening today, only it's a little bit more pleasant because we get to go and sit in nice air-conditioned theaters. We get to be in the comfort of our own homes and listen to the propaganda, the lying, the schmoozing, the bribery, the flattery. And, and, and we really have lost our sense of urgency um, and I think that's probably one of the greatest dangers of this time that we're living in right now is a sense of conviction and urgency and the goal, the coming and return and the restoration of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of times what happens, you know, in, in, in church congregations and so forth, as people are there, they want to have a comfortable, entertaining experience. And oftentimes in a, in a mega church setting. So we want to just mm-hmm. hear something that will do this, that will that will be positive, that mm-hmm. will help kind of make our week, uh, that will just kind of keep us uh, keep us uh, comfortable and, and comfortable and entertained by the pre by the music, by or the whole atmosphere of this. Yeah, so, yeah. And in Second Peter again, in chapter three, the beginning part of that chapter, he says he's writing to them. Peter writing to stir up their pure minds by way of remem- reminder or remembrance. And I think that's what the whole intention of Peter is, um, that you be mindful of the words which were spoken before the holy prophets and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this, that scoffers will come in the last days, looking according to their own lust. This is absolutely uh, descriptive. I mean, how predictable, how prophetic, how accurate how more, much more it could a word be than they're scoffing, um, they're buying and selling, marrying and giving in marriage, uh, corrupting themselves with all kinds of every manner of activity, but creating in their in their disposition a real scoffing, a real um, uh, disregard, disdain, a contempt. And actually, the people who are looking for the return of the Lord are dead as uh, doomsdayers or uh, naysayers or... Um, Party poopers, or 
you know, we're, we're just, you know, um, uh, what's the word that you'd use? Um, when our our reputations are are being uh, defiled yeah, by negative, yeah. negative, crabby, mm-hmm. uh, not not loving, you know, because we don't accept yeah. and embrace certain uh, and and they're saying sin. yeah, and and they're saying walking according to their own lust. What what do they want to do? They want to they want to forget. Right. They don't want to know. So there's a combination here. They scoff because they want to continue walking in their own loves, less their own desires. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, you know, where's the promise of his coming? Verse 4, since the, for since the fathers fell asleep, again, Second Peter 3, 4, uh, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And it's just mm-hmm. like, in a sense, well, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, but then there was a time where, uh, the, you know, in the days of Noah, yeah, they were married, totally. living in marriage. Mm-hmm. They had all kinds of, uh, they had uh, demonic and human creatures running around. The, the earth was filled with Half human? Yeah, half, half animal. human, half animal. Mm-hmm. So in the days of Noah, people thought, well, everything is just going to go good. And they didn't realize uh, until uh, the day that Noah entered into the ark that, wait, it's like, it's, it's, uh, it's over for us. So for this, yeah, it says for this, they were or are willfully, for, they willfully forget or are willingly ignorant, willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. So by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. water. Right. Yeah. So they were willfully, they, for, they wanted to forget um, or the, the people since the flood wanted to forget. But those before the flood were, were ignorant willfully ignorant because Noah was there telling him, beware, this is going to happen. And they just thought he was a crazy old man, I am sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And today we have some prophets like, uh, for instance, Jonathan Kahn, Steve Quayle, Tom Horn, Michael Schneider, uh, various ones. And I don't know what you think of all of them, but some, J- John the Baptist, he came heralding, as we first point, point out, the, the first coming of Jesus. Don't you think that the Lord God would send prophets to herald the return of Jesus Christ. And the, and obviously the book of Revelation is full of allegories, uh, descriptive events um, that all talk about cataclysmic um, pain, danger, and, destru- and destruction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I really believe that there are some of the prophets, and there are some that I think have been uh, called to be prophets that are, are not speaking for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because partly because of the fear of man, because of reputation, uh, I think many uh, pastors. I, c- I can speak to this because of experiencing uh, being a pastor for a long time. But there are many pastors that actually what they do is, uh, you know, they're afraid of what uh, what happened with the congregation. You know, if if I really speak the truth. If I really, you know, confront uh, sin, if I really uh, deal with uh, prophetic issues, um, you know, people are going to freak out. They're going to, you know, they're not going to come. They're, they're, you know, there goes the support. There goes their tithe, and and there goes our our building fund, and there goes our our operation. So there's a lot of uh, uh, things like that where a lot of people are not. Uh, speaking out uh, on the issues of the day. And many people are, are not really becoming, you know, avid students of the scripture to speak out on, so speak out with authority on the events and things that are, are happening today and addressing the issues of the day. So it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a very uh, difficult time. Uh, there's a few people that really, I see want to really stand uh, confronts and confront the issues of the day mm-hmm. uh, without no you can you have to pick your battles you know you could just you know you could um, pick it you could carry signs around you can do this and this and this protesting every form of evil around and right. you'd, you'd you'd wear yourself all out mm-hmm. but there are we are called to be salt and light right and, and one thing that salt does for example it slows down the corruption. Preserves. It yeah. preserves mm-hmm. that they used to do back in the old days. They used to do they'd salt the meat to help 
preserve mm-hmm. it, to slow down the decay. Mm-hmm. And and that's part of what we're supposed to be here. The, the decay is going to happen. The decay is happening all around us. But we can slow it down by um, by our uh, our witness for Christ. Well, what do you think is causing people? I'm going to interview you. What do you think is causing people to um, not speak up, uh, to take a stand? Like, is it because it's just been such a gradual? Uh, it's like the the frog in the kettle. It's kind of like a well, slow. Yeah, think, is it that, or is it lack of conviction? Is it lack of good te- uh, biblical teaching? Is it like is it having a wrong gospel? Uh, I, um, it's it's really all of the above. I think a lot of it is lack of conviction. I think there are a lot of people that are are are, are think they're believers in Christ, think they're Christians, but they're not Christians. Um, I, I, what, well, what does that mean? They're not. Well, I Christians. think people are. What, what is a they, they have the form of godliness and deny the power thereof. They might give some intellectual assent to Jesus and to God and so forth, but it's not really. They've not had a, a life transforming experience. Okay, so that goes back to what we talked about the necessary sin last week or the week before about right, having right. a conversion. In other words, they can have the. The salvation, they can accept Jesus, died on the cross for their sins, and confess that with their mouth, and technically they're saved. Uh, but, but they can be just about totally ineffective as far as uh, helping anybody else. Well, they're, uh, yeah, they're not come passionate. To, come to Christ. There, there's a lack of, of, and the word passion gets a bad rap because you think of somebody that's just a wild-eyed, crazy Christian, but people that have passion and conviction biblical conviction, and that let people know about it regardless of the consequences. Now, I'm not saying that people, Christians, should be like the uh, uh, bull in a china shop type of thing. Mm-hmm. But Jesus was not like that. But he did speak the truth, and he had all kinds of opposition. There was some, a minority received his word, and a majority um, challenged him and Ultimately, called for his crucifixion. So, but it's it's kind of the it's the same it's the same thing really in our day. If we, yeah, if there is a lack of love, the Bible, Jesus said, Matthew twenty four, uh, in in yeah. these days that we're living in, uh, because iniquity shall abound, lawlessness shall abound. The love of mm-hmm. many, and the love there is used. Uh, the word is the word, a form of agape, which means the love of God. Mm-hmm. In other words, the love of God in mm-hmm. people, in God's people, we would yeah. say, has become cold. Right, exactly. And in, in uh, Second Peter, just following on with, with uh, the thoughts we were already having, in the Amplified, um, starting with verse um, 8, but, beloved, do not forget this one thing, in the Amplified, it says, do not let this one fact escape you. And I think that's it's a, these facts, the promise. See, I think the problem is salvation is, is one thing, but really getting into it, really grabbing onto it, really getting aware of those, letting the promises of God really grip and motivate and determine your life is what's lacking. We're... Um, the fact that God made a promise that the heavens are going to be destroyed, the heaven, new heavens, new earth are going to be put in its place. Jesus is coming back. This world's going to be destroyed by fire. The devil and his and his cohorts, along with the people who hate God, I believe, are going to be cast into the lake of fire. Uh, but don't, he says, do not let this one fact escape you, beloved. That with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years, a thousand years is as a day. And I think we, because we're finite at least temporarily, uh, in this world we're you know, eternal beings, but uh, this world is very um, temporary and, and uh, you know, regimented out in days and years. A thousand years is too long for us to comprehend. Forever is impossible for us to comprehend. But it says, the Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what he promises. And going back to the promises, according to some people's conception of slowness, but he is long-suffering. Now, God has a set of promises he is going to fulfill whether or not we believe or get involved or claim them or or build our life around them. Um, God is extraordinarily patient towards us, not desiring that any should perish, but that all should return or turn to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come. Now, here's another problem, honey. The day of the Lord is coming like a thief. 
And then the heavens will vanish or pass away with a thunderous crash and the material elements of the universe will be dissolved with fire and the earth and the works that are upon it will be burned up. Since all these things are thus in, in the process of being dissolved, even now, he is, you know, 2,000 years ago, he says, they're in the process of being dissolved. What kind of person ought each of you to be in the, in the meanwhile, in consecrated and holy behavior and devout and godly qualities? While you wait and earnestly long for, expect and hasten the coming of the day of God by reason of which the flaming heavens were, will be dissolved and the material elements of the universe will flare and melt with fire. Now, we all know now what they didn't even know then about, um, we know about nuclear war and the, what a what a bomb, what a nuclear bomb will do and melting. Actually, Ezekiel, I think it's chapter 14, talks about the flesh and the skin melting off the face, running down the body. I mean, this is what a nuclear blast actually does. How could Ezekiel know this except through a prophetic vision? And it's really very descriptive of our day. There was nothing, no weapon they had back in his day that would cause the flesh to melt off. They just had swords and spears and whatever else they had, blades and whatever. They didn't have you know, probably guns back in those days. Mm-hmm. But, this, and, you know, so the thing is, um, I, I really believe our problem, you know, whether or not Jesus is coming back, this is a Shemitah year, September, there's so much stuff coming in September alone um, that it's almost frightening. Um, and yet we, we, we're just, you know, the thief is on his way. And yet some of us have gotten tired and we went to bed. And we said, oh, well, you know, if he comes, he comes. If he doesn't, he doesn't. We're like the five foolish virgins who say, um, you know, I'm going to take the day off, the night off. I'm going uh, I'm, I'm to skip reading my Bible today. I'm going to, you know, um, whatever, do my thing today. And, and I've got time. Uh, but every, every, you know, you and I, our time is measured out. You know, we don't know how much time we have. Maybe the world has another 20 years. Maybe you don't. So what are you doing with your days? You know, well, you know, there's but, a sense of urgency that really I sense that we always uh, need to have, regardless of what events are coming together mm-hmm. uh, in in the in September. And there's a whole yeah. Yeah. catalog of significant well, can events we coming up. Look at some of them in September. Mm-hmm. Regardless of that, there it, there there is a, there's a sense of urgency. That is so rare because one of the mm-hmm. things, here's the deal. People are going to heaven or hell. Forever. Forever and ever. And um, they're going to he- hell, heaven or hell forever and ever. And But the, the problem is we, as but most of us as believers, we will give a mental assent to that. We will say, yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I believe that. Mm-hmm. Sure. But, are we are we sharing the gospel? Are we giving our life assent or life consent? Are, are to we that? are we are we praying for people? <clears throat> Is it lip what, service? What happens when somebody dies? A neighbor dies, uh, a friend dies, a family member dies, or we die? Where where will they be? Will they be in heaven and hell? Do we have an obligation? We have an obligation. We have a privilege to communicate the love of Christ mm-hmm. to as many as we can while we can. As the Holy Spirit leads us, now that is a great and wonderful adventure. Absolutely, and that adventure begins with your longing for, our longing for, or our looking for, our looking up to the sky, our desiring the coming of the Lord. Because if you believe truly that you are temporarily on this earth and that you are a citizen of heaven and that Jesus Christ is our King and He's coming back to make things right and validate and bring justice. Um, then we have a whole different disposition, a whole different reason for being here, a whole different life that the people who are just here to eat, drink, be merry, pay for their house, you know, get a 401k and retire and travel the world, whatever. We're, our, our whole, we're not even about any of that. And, and, but that is determined by the intensity of, the, of truly what you believe. And the only way we can really believe what Jesus says is, I be, believe, through the, uh, the Holy Spirit making it really real to us. But even, even for those who are just kind of on the sidelines of this kind of, well, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what really happens. Um, there, these are some of the signs that are, that are on, on deck for even the next six weeks. 
Yeah, well. So if you're waiting to see, make note of these facts. These are facts. These are not, we're not trying to predict Jesus is coming uh, on such and such a day or the rapture on such and such a day or the Antichrist revealing at such and such a time. Although I got to say something, you know, there are, um, and, and again, with the facts, there's a great demonic counterfeiting and mixing of those facts with lies that, that try to discredit the facts as well. For example, there may be rumors through Facebook and this and that, that, you know, this or that's happening, and, and you, we get all shocked and find out later that, man, that, that's an old rumor. That was out 10 years ago they were saying that, and now they recycled it. But there's, these are some of the facts that um, some diligent researchers have pulled out just regarding uh, the next um, September, I guess, the upcoming events of September. Go ahead, honey. Well, uh, just something that uh, is uh, for this year that the year 2015 has been declared by the International Year of Light by CERN. Now, what exactly is CERN? Well, CERN is a, believe it or not, CERN is a machine. It's a hydrogen collider, a particle collider that is is uh, creating a force of velocity or something uh, that's trying to break through the gravitational forces the, um, uh, of the of the Earth of the atmosphere to open up what what they call portals. Portals. A key, and it's a key to and in the, perp, the the spiritual purpose for CERN. I mean, I the the scientific explanations they're giving you uh, in the um, media is not the same as the, the real spiritual spiritual purpose of CERN is to open up gateways, portals, invite. The, the powers of the second heaven, which are mostly demonic, um, access to come down uh, in and through those portals. We know there are portals as such. We've got several indicated in the Bible, for example. The one is when Jacob uh, slept that night and he saw the stairway to heaven and the angels of God uh, ascending and descending. The Led Zeppelin, no. no, it was actually a portal. He, has, he was sleeping. It was on Bethel, I believe. There was a, he fell asleep that night, head on a rock, laid that as his pillow, on a portal, and in his dream, he saw that. And we also see uh, in Daniel chapters nine and ten how Daniel was praying, and the angels Gabriel and Michael had to fight through several portals to descend to get Daniel uh, the revelation of the prophetic end times um, word, and went back up through that. And and Gabriel said, um, you know, the prince of Greece, the prince of Persia are waiting for me. And so um, obviously there was some <laughs> war at the gates or something. So, but anyway, so the CERN is, uh, is in, it's very demonic. Uh, it's uh, located in Switzerland. It is, um, they say they're looking for the God particle. That's what they tell you, but they're really looking to open portals. And in front of it is a, um, a statue of the Indian, uh, Eastern, you know, East Indian God, goddess, I think it's a God, goddess, both sexes. Uh, it's a transsexual, bisexual God called um, Shiva. And Shiva is the God of destruction. The, the, his name is the destroyer. So why would that be put on the mountain? And by the way, they haven't, they fired it up a little bit. And when they fired it up a little bit around Easter time this year, um, shortly thereafter, there were big earthquakes in um, uh, several, I think it was, where was it, China? Various uh, places. There was about six earthquakes, even in California, I think. And now they're, they're due, I think, to fire it up again in earnest. But the, CERN is the one who's declaring Lucifer, or this is the International Year of Light. And by that, obviously, they're meaning Lucifer. They're, de- they're dedicating 2015 um, to Lucifer, the light bearer, the morning star. CERN is the key. Now, you think about what a key does. CERN is a key that is opening a portal. It is a key. It is a is a uh, instrument to blast a hole in the atmosphere to create a uh, an opening. Um, now, there are people who say, uh, of course, that the they're taking this maybe too far in what September means. Uh, trying to predict the return of Jesus Christ, or actually the devil is using the all-out curiosity about the return of Jesus Christ to predict his own Messiah, which would be Antichrist. So people are looking for Christ to return the second time or the Antichrist. 
and some of those false prophets are using this to um, get their people looking for the anti- return of the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Well, even even there are some um, Muslim clerics that are looking for the appearance of, uh, what's the name of the... Mahdi. The Mahdi mm-hmm. is supposed to be coming. Yeah, uh, that's soon. what I'm kind of yeah. talking so, about. So people have this messianic expectation. and then. And but then, on September, so the last, isn't it Elo? Right, there's the, uh, the one, uh, a, a rabbi uh, named Chaim Kivesky, Kivesky, if I'm pronouncing that right, stated that the Messiah would be returning at the end of the sabbatical year, which, uh, which is the 29th of Elul, which falls on Saturday, September 12th. So the return of the Messiah. So, so you know, they're still looking for the Messiah, but the Messiah that that they're they're looking for is going to come in the form of the Antichrist. Yeah, and our Messiah, the return of our Jesus, is Son of God, is going to come as a conquering hero. But you know, again, can I just say this kind of as there's a bit of confusion about all of that. His coming again. It might be in several parts. He might, you know. We might well come without touching his feet down on the Mount of Olives and so that would be the catch up the believers. That would rapture, be called the rapture. rapture when he's catching the them up uh-huh. in the air, and then but when he comes and sets his feet on or slays the in the battle of Armageddon, he slays the enemy with the breath of his mouth. That I believe is when he's coming on the white horse. So um, the first time he may not touch down, but he may pull up those a snatch away those who are um, in Christ, and we don't know what time it is, but the, but the problem with this, anybody predicting the return of someone at a certain specific date and time, like September 12th, is only going to set up more skepticism and scoffing because now people say, oh yeah, well, here it is the 13th and nothing happened. But here are a couple concrete things. Oh, here's some concrete stuff. Interesting. This is, this is interesting. Even Madonna's gotten into the, into the works here is that she has a, a concert, a nationwide concert tour and her opening theme is, quote, the desecration of the bride and a arrival of fallen angels. Now, the first, the, the first one is in, it's interesting, in Washington, D.C. Then she... Catch the date. What, yeah, September 12th. I don't know if that's the first one, but September 12th, is that well, that's that's the, the opening? Yeah. I, I don't know if she's anywhere September else. 12th. September 12th. That's the first one in September, as far as we know. Isn't that? That's in the, Washi- that's the yeah. in Washington, D.C. But that's also the last in, day. In our, right. In our, right. Of the sabbatical year. Right, right. So it's the last, it's the, right. their big, so, so, so uh, she is. The desecration of the bride. Why the would of the fallen angels right in our nation's capital? What is she doing? Let what? Let's just stop there for a second. What is going on here? Madonna has done this before. She's practiced national witchcraft in calling down demons and inviting demons uh, and declaring the nation's allegiance to demons. I think she did that at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago at the halftime when she wrote on some stupid death ship of some sort and she's mm-hmm. singing something what was she singing that day what was she trying uh, to call down that uh, it was pretty obvious but it was pretty well received by the masses anyway but so what's happening here is madonna is the spokes witch woman for what she is uh, you know her job by the enemy has been given to a human to invite the principalities and the powers to come down and desecrate the bride. Who is the bride? In an entertaining way. Who is the bride? We are the bride. The bride of Christ is the church, the believers uh, that are waiting, you know, uh, for the bridegroom to come back. And so the desecration of the bride means what? Well, cut their heads off, uh, destroy them, violate them, shame them, mock them, throw them in the ditch. That's the spirit that is really... In America right now. Oh, absolutely. So we are we are supposedly we were ordained as a Christian nation. We are fast becoming an anti-Christian. Well, nation. we are Not so just, already. I think we already are yeah, more past more so, that. More I mean, and more so. a rotten apple doesn't reverse itself. You know, mm-hmm. it stays pretty rotten. But it's also the arrival of the fallen angels. Now, that is what the CERN portals are all about: is get those fallen angels that are held up. Uh, strongholded in the second heaven, held and detained there probably by the angels of God who don't let them come down and mess with us that much, um, 
to to get the permission from humans. See, because what the devil has to do for you who understand a little bit about witchcraft, the devil cannot do anything without an invitation. So there has to be an agreement, an invitation, whether it's implied consent, passive agreement, or a, a subconscious agreement. There has to be an, an, an okayness. We have to okay what he does because he can't just do anything to us because it all goes back to free will and choice. And so if the devil can deceive us into believing what we're doing is good and not, then he can get us to sin. But if he, if he, if he, and this is another thing with that passive agreement, and the devil is going to do something, he has to tell us first. He has to first declare it. And there's no, um, there's no refuting of it, resistance of it, there's no rebuttal of it, there's no rebuke of it, there's no resistance to what he plans to do by the believers. Then he's free to, Jesus said it this way, he was not with me, against me. He is not, you know. So in other words, if we don't, Jesus said, submit to God, resist the devil. And if there's no resistance, so even like things like the um, people are, are kind of curious, aware of this, like in what was it out of the Batman movie or something, they had the whole sand cook picture of what was going on there. On an old Batman. No, was it? Was, no. Yeah, that was that was done in a Batman movie from years ago. Okay. There was a prediction. So if you, if but it took many years for it to come to pass. Uh, Illuminati, the Masons, and so forth. Mm-hmm. What they do is there's a lot of souls. Mm-hmm. They they put, they hide in plain sight. Right. What they're going to do? What they're going to do? Mm-hmm. And, and it's done even in these what these cards? Yeah, the Illuminati cards. They had in there the um, bomb uh, 9/11. 9/11 bombing. They had the the uh, spill the the oil spill of the battery company. Four. Yeah, they. Oh, the, the, not the Gulf War, the Gulf of Mexico <laughs> oil spill. Yeah. Uh, is that where it was? No, it was in some... Uh, anyway, we're oh, over. the LDs. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, whatever it was. And they had um, the, the Illuminati cards also predict. And so far, the Illuminati cards were made years and years ago, previous to any of these events. They predicted them all. How would that happen unless someone really was intending to do them? And just wrote it down. This is what I'm going to do, and he had the power to do it, and he did. Um, and so this next one coming up is seeing the the cities of America burning with fire. That's one yet to come. But all of these things, oh, and Madonna, no one stands up to say no, 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 no. We're not agreeing with the creation of the bride. We're resisting this in the name of Jesus Christ. No, we declare she's coming. For example, she's coming to Minneapolis, Minnesota. I St. Paul, sorry. Excel Energy, October. October 8th. So those of you that are in the Twitties area, that would be an opportunity for you to um, resist protest. And here's what we're going to do. We're not protesting with placards and protesting. The, the, our, we do not battle or wrestle against flesh and blood, but right. principalities and powers. So here's the deal. This is my, my territory. This is where I have authority in this in St. Paul, Minneapolis, Minnesota, where I live. And so therefore, I'm authorized as a keeper uh, by the kingdom of God, authorized in this area to do business, transact business for the kingdom of God. I also have a right to resist any demonic uh, invasion into this area. And obviously, we've got lots of invasions all the time. But if we go and say, you know, we go there and say, no, we're not agreeing with this. We're resisting this, Lord God. We make note of it in heaven that we, your people, are saying no to this demonic invasion. We petition the God of heaven. He's finding a man to stand in the gap. We go down there. We're not trying to make enemies of the people who are going to go to a concert because that's not our enemy. What we're doing is uh, directing our prayers and intercessions to the God of heaven against that he will do business with the real enemy. So for those of you who maybe you can't go that day, that you'd be aware of these various concerts. How many concerts are there through the nation? Uh, I don't know exactly. You could go Quite a handful. Just, just right. Google Madonna's. Uh, she starts in Miami. She goes to Washington, D.C., um, and I think she's there at the, um, I don't know. She, she's going to be in New York City. Right, obviously. Madison Square Garden, uh, all that sort of thing. So it, it, interesting, too. Let's, let's go on to a few more of these. Um, mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, we could talk. We mentioned about the Shemitah year, Feast of Trumpets uh, coming up, uh, the sounding of the shofar, uh, the anniversary of the creation of, 
of Adam and Eve. It's sounding the show far. That's going to be September 13th. Well, the Rosh Hashanah is always in September, October. It's, that's right. that's it's one of the, the Jewish feasts. That's, that's a, a regular deal. Right. Uh, now, there's uh, there's uh, some organization. I'm not sure what this is. 5776. Ano oh, Jewish that is. means that, that 5776 is the actual year from the beginning of creation oh, right. at, uh, to today in in, in, in uh consecutive years. Right. In the Jewish uh, Uh, traditions. So we've been here 5,776 years. So September 14th is supposedly the beginning of the year of Lucifer. Right. Uh, Well, that would go along with CERN and the year of light. Right, right. Lucifer the light bearer. And and then there's supposedly the uh, UN delegate uh, delegation from France is what we're hearing. is supposed to be introducing a, re- a resolution, presenting a resolution to the United Nations on September 15th for uh, Palestine to become a state. So so far we've got September 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, intense, intense days where lots of things are happening on many different fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a very spiritual but also very political battle. And it's interesting too, going back to Madonna for a second, that she is supposed to do a concert in New York uh, at Madison Square Garden, the same concert, Desecration of the Bride, the Fallen, and the Arrival of the Fallen Angels, on September 16th and 17th. It's also uh, the day that's called the International Day of Peace. Now, we know in the Bible the talk about peace and safety. When they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction. Um, and so it's interesting that the Day of Atonement, according to God's calendar, begins just a, a several hours after the International Day of Peace is completed, or, or does that mean sudden destruction on the on September 21st? So we're wondering, um, you know, obviously God's calendar and the events that Satan has planned for the human race in September are colliding uh, in the spiritual pressure intensity sparks flying, if you will. Um, and this is so just and, and you, you know what? I'm going to say something that's maybe shocking after all of this. Um, we probably won't even notice a thing. And, and just like with the blood moons, they, they came, they went, we saw them, we didn't see them, we slept through them. Maybe we you know, weren't in a place where we could see them. They came, they went and nothing, nothing really changed. A few guys got to publish a book about it and maybe some people read it. Maybe a few, few people got a little bit alarmed. But that was, you know, that was two months ago. That was four months ago. That was right. that doesn't count anymore. If it's the if the news is one day old, it's too old to consider anymore. Right, right. And again, as we're looking at these dates, we're 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 saying these are just some factual things that are just happening. Something just to uh, consider and to weigh before the Lord. Well, we're not done yet. We've got more things oh, on our list. There's, there's more here. <laughs> um. The the year of Jubilee, the 70th, if this is what I understand, the year of Jubilee begins on September 23rd. Now, what a Jubilee is, it's different than a Shemitah year. A Shemitah year is the seventh year in a series of seven, as I understand it, every seventh year. So in a Jubilee, which is 49 years, seven times seven, it's the 50th year. Um, that is supposed to be the year that brings blessing, prosperity, the rest, rest, restoration of debts and things like that. So people... Um, every every 50 years in the Jewish economy, God says, I want you to go back to the original. So if you if you lost your property that was in your family's name and it's the 50th year, it gets to go back to your family. It gets to go back to your, your people so that everybody's pretty much keeping. Otherwise, what happens is, you know, you were given an inheritance by God, your tribe, and by the end of 50 years, you know, bought, sold, lost, went into bankruptcy, blah, blah, blah. And pretty soon, nobody's got anything anywhere. But God wanted these tribes to stay intact. And for that reason, if somebody bought your land and it was the 49th year, of course, they bought it, you know, considering the amount of time they would have left to till it, which is basically really renting because you're going to have to go back to give it to the right one. So the year of Jubilee, which is the 70th Jubilee from the foundation of the world, um, they keep record of this through the Book of Jubilees. But so every 70th, this is the 70th one. Um, and this means, again, that begins on September 23rd, which would mean that next year, this 2016, this is my only very poorly put together 
what if kind of scenario. What if um, the, with the global resets and the economies, the Greece, Panama, the, the various people, nations of the world, um, I think it was um, Puerto Rico, various ones, having problems with their economies, including America, which I think is funny because I heard in the news about uh, three-fourths of a year ago or maybe whatever, that we were bankrupt, but we made it, we passed a law, and I'll get this, honey, we passed a law that we would continue to play with our monopoly money. And as long as everybody agrees that monopoly money works to buy real property, uh, real food, we'll keep it going. We'll keep it going. So w- though we're in debt up to our ears and trillions and trillions of dollars, nobody really can or will or intends to pay it back, although they may have some something up their sleeve that would work. Uh, you know, I think they do. But so let's just say that... Um, we get into a place, they, they do some shifting of numbers, everybody agrees to play the game, the dollar values or devalues, doesn't matter, everybody gets shifted around their global currency, reset, revalued, blah, 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 so that 2016 looks like a great year. I mean, it is the, we thought the stock market was going to crash on, on in, like it did in 08. I don't know. It may not. It may boom and soar, absolutely, the hook and... And, and, and finagle everybody to, to dive in, jump in, so we have a really good year. What this is going to do is what if... It's not just burst the bubble. No, maybe not yet. Not yet. Maybe the bubble's eventually. three and a half years from bursting. What, what if this becomes 2016, a year of where the Christians look like they're totally wrong, there's wonderful peace, uh, the Palestinian state, we've got... Um, uh, you know, the Antichrist and the, fall, the, the, the false prophet and all those guys, they're in place and they're not yet revealed, but they're already operating uh, from the year 2016, three and a half in. What's that do the math? 16, 17, 18, 19, 19 and a half, um, 16 to 17, 18 to 19. I'm doing math on the radio. This could be dangerous. So you get your own. Don't yell at me for this. Just get out your calculator and figure it out yourself. But so three and a half years in, we've got this peace and safety and everybody is lulled back to sleep jesus isn't really coming we've got the world patched up we're still playing with our money our monopoly money but everybody's being able to do well buy groceries and and continue on their retirement plans so no one is in any alarmed state at all the bridegroom delays his coming and there is no destruction on the horizon it's all looks good the Jews get to build their temple, and they're getting to do their sacrifices. And then all of a sudden, three and a half years in, this Antichrist, the false Jesus, the false Messiah, the one who's promised them peace, and the Jews went along with it, and they're protected, and everybody's happy, and nobody's bombing Israel for three and a half years, and they're all good to go. Boom. The Antichrist goes into the temple, violates the, the abomination of desolation. Jesus says, when you see this, now, that already happened once, I believe, uh, about 70 A.D. when the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed the first time. And Jesus said, get out of town. But I really believe it's, it's, it's going to repeat. The pattern is going to repeat. This is going to happen again. And that's when, isn't it Second Thessalonians where that talks about that, honey? Where This is my theory. Okay, so then the Antichrist shows up and then all hell breaks loose. All literal hell breaks loose for the believers and for the Jewish people. And then we have three and a half years of great tribulation. That and at some point within that, be, during that, the rapture happens. Well, I'm I'm not sure, but well, that's my here, here's what, two cents worth. Right out there on the radio. Here with uh, Antichrist, he says, Second um, Thessalonians chapter two, verse three: Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day or that day of the Lord, or the day of Christ, shall not come except there be a become a falling away first. That's apostasy. happening. Apostasy. We're that's, in that. Mm-hmm. And that, and that man of sin, this is this Antichrist, mm-hmm. this beast, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Period. Okay, and, so and, and, he's sitting in a temple. Got to be a temple somewhere mm-hmm. where the only temple that is yeah, dedicated it, to it, God is in Jerusalem. You know, there's people say that well, that temple would be in hum, a human being. No, would be a temple or the well, we a literal physical temple. Uh, and it says, uh, well, here, whoa, 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 I got it. Okay, so you said 
But if that argument that this temple is a human being, how is the Antichrist going to sit as God in my temple? I mean, he can well, tempt I me, think, but I think the devil can tempt me. But people have spiritualized this Antichrist. Right, it's right. The Antichrist okay. is a spirit, but then there is this uh, demon, demonized, super demonized human being that's going to come on the scene. Mm-hmm. That is uh, uh, right. So that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying. Um, that he's going to come, and, and that's what I'm talking about when I think Jesus is talking about when he says, when he comes and sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he's God. I believe that's the abomination of desolation. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, it says, uh, Paul said to the Thessalonians there in verse 5 of Second Thessalonians, Thessalonians 2, Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things, and now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he that now letteth will that. What does it say? He that will. Okay, restrain. he says in the New King James, he says. Um, Verse 7. And the, for the mystery of lawlessness, you have said iniquity, lawlessness is the okay. love of many growing cold, lawlessness, violence, mm-hmm. whatever, is already at work. Yes, indeed. Only he, capital he, so be spirit, he or God, who now restrains. Yours says restrains. let. Mine will, says. Will restrain. Well, the word let doesn't mean permit. It, says it, can, he, it, work, it can work. It can make. Uh, it can make uh, mean permit. Well, it can mean restrain. Okay. So right. So only he who now lets or permits or restrains uh, will do so. Do what? Do that. He's letting, permitting, restraining until he is taken out of the way. He's controlling things or managing things so that they're not out of hand for the believers until he is taken out of out of the way. It says in the New King James verse eight, verse eight, and then. The lawless one will be revealed. What does yours say? Then shall that wicked, capital W, mm-hmm. wicked, be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Mm-hmm. Mine says, even, with even, the destroy, consume with the breath of his mouth. Even As opposed to him, spirit, same thing. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. And part of that signs, lying, wonders, and powers, I believe, is peace, uh, prosperity. Uh, again, continue to lull the people with wonderful, uh, incredible um, special effects in their movies and you know, compelling uh, talk show hosts and maybe even um, an, another whole set of political heroes that are going to you know, save the nation or whatever. Um, political heroes, whatever we got going on. But it's it's going to just work to, basically, Satan does not want the believers to wake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it say in Ephesians? Awake, for it's high time. Redeem the time. Wake out of sleep. Redeem the time. For the night comes. the day is evil. Yeah. Jesus said, mm-hmm. uh, work while it is day, mm-hmm. for the night cometh when no man can work. Right. He says, uh, verse 10 of Second uh, Thessalonians 2, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion yeah. that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So really what happens if we do not receive the love of the truth? Mm-hmm. We talked at the beginning of the program today, Margie, about uh, opening doors to Satan. Right. And as we receive, the truth comes to us and we refuse it. Yep. You, you've got to have something. You, you, if the truth comes to you and you reject it, you, you get the lies. You open yourself to deception. And so what's happened you know, in, in our world and what's happened individually is we have just flung the doors wide open to Satan, to Lucifer. To mm-hmm. bring us to to invade us with his lies, his deception, right. his corruption, uh, his signs and lying wonders. This is this is this is what we've done. We, so we see really uh, an opening, and, and I think it's Isaiah where it talks about hell hath enlarged her borders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so all this is opened up, uh, and so we've got this well and he- invasion. And but it, in these days, though. We are called not to be on the defensive. The posturing of a lot of the Christians, in view of a lot of our uh, Supreme Court decision here regarding uh, homosexual marriage and so forth, and all the things, it, it's all this is geared to intimidate 
the believers, to, for us to keep our mouths shut, uh, mind your own business, uh, to get you know ridiculed, you're a bunch of crackpots, that sort of thing. Um, so, but we are called to be on the offensive. Well, right, days. and you with know, with love, with truth, uh, not just backpedaling because of all the the antichrist stuff that's going on. Um, yes, I, I really believe that. You know, and going back to the um, the antichrist and the deception. Uh, it says in verse 8 again of Thessalonians in the Amplified, um, then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed and the Lord Jesus will slay him with the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by his appearing at his coming. The coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, is through the activity and working of Satan who will be attended by great power and with all sorts of pretended miracles and signs and delusive marvels all of them lying wonders. And by unlimited seduction, here's what we're going after, by unlimited seduction to evil and will, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, going into perdition because they did not welcome the truth but refused to love it with their might and be saved. So this unlimited seduction to evil, and I that's think that's exactly what we need to... Yeah. That's exactly what's going on. And the wicked and the and wicked deception, so we're being pulled, it's almost like a magnetic pull for the believers to be pulled into death and destruction. But the thing is that um, there is, there is a, you know, it, it, I think I think of it this way. If, if you have a lot of sin in you, it's like um, magnetism. It's like, you know, if there, if you're, if you, if sin would be like iron, uh, the more iron you have in you, the more you're going to be pulled by that magnet. The more sin, if you, the less sin you have in you, the more you're not going to be affected by the seduction of evil. And so, the people who are perishing, and we're going to have to. Here's another problem: we cannot avoid, we cannot close our eyes, we cannot say, "I don't want to know," because people are perishing. People are going into perdition along with the enemy. And you know what? It's for wisdom and discernment to say, um, for God to lead us as to who is willing to listen, who's willing to hear, who's willing to walk out and walk in the promises of God, and who's not. And some people you may think are not willing are truly are truly willing, and the people who are not uh, willing, um, you may be working on too much. You need to ask the Lord to dis- give you discernment as to who is you're supposed to be working with, praying for, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, um, uh, there's a lot that can be said about, um, you know, what is our plan in the Lord, but I really believe it's walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Um, we didn't even give our phone number out today to see if anybody had any questions. Um, we would love to hear from you. Three four seven two one five eight zero five one. And we're almost to the end of our chat for the day, and we haven't even got through our list. But hopefully we will um, um, uh, <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have Doug with us very soon, possibly next week, and we'll get, um, get our uh, act together together, and we'll have a tremendous show for you guys. So um, thank you for listening, and again, be encouraged. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, be encouraged. And I just want to say that regardless of what is going on, God is faithful. God is faithful to you, and God is faithful to uh, no matter what you're facing. God is faithful. Let's stand for him. The greatest preparation the great, uh, is, to, is to be right for what's coming in our days is to be right with God, to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, to be following him, to have a, a, a passion, to be seeking him, learning his word, and communicating uh, the story of what God has done in your life to as many yeah. people as possible. Well, here's another part to that. Stay in the word of God, and don't don't wait for somebody else to eat your food for you and regurgitate it back and mush it up and give it to you. Get in the word yourself. Um, if you can't find a good preacher, pastor, someone who's preaching the true gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the the gospel of grace, mercy, and the end. If you can't find that, you don't need to um, kill yourself trying to sit in, 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 in expose yourself to stuff that's debilitating and half-truth. Just get in the Word, seek God, pray, and God will lead you to fellowship. 
ask him to show you the people of God who truly do seek him. Um, by the way, a couple of resources for you who are local. Um, True Light Church is located in the Holiday Inn. We meet in the Holiday Inn in Rogers every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock from 10 to about 1. So prepare yourself. Um, we're, a good, we're a good little bunch, very intense, very wonderful Book of Acts type of church. And we are in the Book of Acts. We're in the Book of Revelations as well. Um, for all of us. But that's one resource. The second resource would be uh, liferecovery.com. We have got all kinds of teaching materials. We've got books, manuals, CDs, um, uh, scheduling of appointments for counseling. We can uh, teaching uh, con- uh, conferences, w- workshops, all kinds of things, uh, blogs. And uh, so we recommend that you get connected with some of these things. We have contact numbers there. Uh, for emails, for phone, uh, that's Life Recovery. Easy, don't make it hard. LifeRecovery.com. True Light Church and True Light Church's uh, web is True Light L I G H T Church M N dot org. That's their website. So, um, and just or show up. You don't have to RSVP to come to church. Just show up. So, all right, honey. Thank you. We got through half the list today. And what do you say? Well, thank you very much for listening. God's best to you. Seek Jesus. Okay. Be obedient, and you have a great time. And next week, we'll have a little show with Doug on what next? Blood Moons, September. He's got a lot to say. All right. God bless. I have an emergency.